This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We have been talking about what I consider the most significant thing that's happening right now, what Charlottesville was really about, which is using the conflict, using the unrest, using our uh, issues with each other, which I think are being trumped up, being exempl- uh, uh, exaggerated by the media and that the response is uh, designed to be, and we're hearing it from the media outlets on the left and right, that the only answer is uh, government control. Both the left and the right, I was reading earlier articles from the Huffington Post and the National Review, saying that the only way to save free speech is to regulate it at the federal level, to go into the internet and uh, set some ground rules about what can and cannot be on there, what can and cannot be taken down from there. And both of them say, you know, you may hate neo-Nazis, but next they're coming for you. You know, whether uh, your side likes Black Lives Matter or whether your your side likes Trump, there's, uh, or whatever. They're going to cut your next. And, uh, and the only way to save it is to look to the almighty government, which, of course, I object to. That's a trap. That's why they have to create these crises to beg for the solution. And everybody on both sides, as divided as people seem to be, are always united, or at least it's presented as being united front when it comes to we need more central control of this or that, whether it's policing or um, the Internet or whatever. It's always a slippery slope. I'm going to take some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. We had a call before the break. I was up against a hard break. I could not give Trey her full say, but I've got somebody on the line, Tim, who wants to respond to trey so tim if you would uh recap what you you're uh identifying that trey said and then you can give me your response hi tim how are you you're on how you doing monica good my my problem is trey presented this as an as an issue of of people of 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 color and minorities having a problem and and wanting to kind of overstate the issues that are going on and then she said something at the end that you know you know, black people are their own worst enemies, or they're not doing enough. Um, and she was black, she said. Just okay, for clarity and, the, for the listener. Doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing if she was. No, the no, I just is, she said that. The, the problem is, this country was founded on a racial divide. The racial divide in this country is is I I would would, would argue that it's the biggest problem we have because it's part and partial to every other issue we have. Our economic issues. Our social issues are all we're all have a genesis in the racial divide in this country, and to sit down and and try to minimize that, to to present it in a way that says, well, it's not really that bad, and the problem is that you know that those people and she did use the term they a couple of times as if it doesn't affect her that they are, are overstating that they are doing that not doing enough that that bothers me because well, Tim, what I was going to say to her. Uh, is that I have read 
in if you if you dig deep in various left stuff cloward and piven uh the report from iron mountain documents from the 60s it states targeting black communities for that to keep the uh in the case of report from Iron Mountain, they want to make a minority, an ethnic minority that's separate from the mainstream so that middle America feels like there's uh, a a threat to them. So maybe um, infiltrating drugs into the community or breaking up the families, uh, reducing level of education. All these things help to keep this hierarchy in society, a division in society. I would say that that this what you're talking about this the the roots of uh that raises at the roots of a lot of our problems here i would say that it's that even if that were and i think it what would have could have gone away organically the powers that be won't allow it because it is such a powerful way to keep us separate and and i disagree with you there because this isn't something that'll just that'll just fade these are learned behaviors these are taught behaviors, and these are behaviors that aren't, aren't taught by the government. These are things that are being passed down from generation to generation. And we need to be open about it. We need to be honest about it. We need to be forthright about it. We need to sit down and, and be able to talk to our children, and we need to be able to share with the, other, with the upcoming generations the problems that have happened, the causes of those problems, and things that we can do as a society to address those problems. But the, the premise that we can just stand by and let it go away on its own is again that is that does more to 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 harm the problem than it does to hurt it. All right. Well, because- I would say this, Tim. I just want to, and I, I'm not. I respect your opinion. I feel like um, the the way what the media on the left and right choose to emphasize makes the problem of what you're talking about being able to communicate, be able to understand, makes that impossible makes what you say impossible because of what they are doing so maybe it wouldn't just evaporate but we are not going to make progress as long as it has so much political power and the media is in bed with the politicians that they are they they emphasize the elements that will make it impossible for us to come to terms the way you are suggesting is the solution do you agree with that I I agree with that too. I mean, you don't have to, but I just I no, want to no, no. know where I, we. I, if there's I, any to, point to, at which we uh, agree. To to some extent, I really do agree with that. I think the media, you know, that the media does play the divisive edge. But as a society, we can't stand by and and let the media dictate it. We have to be able to sit down and talk to each other. We have to be able to interact with each other, and it's possible to do that without buying into the extremes on either end. But when when, the, when it's presented as a matter of this side is, is just absolutely wrong and this side is just absolutely right, it does no good for anybody. And it ultimately, ultimately, it destroys us a whole lot faster than it, than it repairs us. Well, I agree with that. And the whole it's actually rather heartbreaking because we live in the richest, the most prosperous country. Um, the The principles that... Uh, you know, are so incongruous with the origins of the country that uh, the existence of slavery was incongruous. And it's even in that awful cornerstone speech of the Confederacy uh, that that the the union, the, the foundation of the union was at odds with slavery. It was a problem they needed to get rid of. But that but I my point is just that that the American experiment 
to the extent you can isolate the principles of liberty and justice for all, maybe it was a fantasy, maybe it was a lie, but you have that coupled with prosperity and opportunity, and and this would be the perfect place to have the space for everybody to have liberty and justice for all, to achieve what they wanted. And if you don't understand each other, maybe not uh, come to blows, but I, I feel like real damage is being done by both sides for political purposes, and and it, that bumps me out. I, I can agree with you on that. Yeah, thank you so much, Tim. I'm so glad uh, you called because I I was cutting off Trey, and I uh, and I I think she deserved a response. I'm going to Jeff and Smyrna. Jeff, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Hey. hey, I guess my comment would be I think this was a little less planned out, but it ultimately gets used. Um, by both sides, obviously, the left would say, you know, all this hate needs to end, therefore we need to control free speech because we can't have hate speech, et cetera, et cetera. And it's going to, therefore, they're going to then force the right into, well, you're either going to buy into that argument or you're, or you stand on the side with those other people who are on the far right, too. So it, it forces everybody to kind of move to the less free, less free speech argument. And then I guess point two that I'd like to bring up with that is I think then the agenda can be further moved along in other areas. And I've already heard it mentioned that I think the Southern Poverty Law Center put the Catholic Church amongst uh, several other churches uh, in their list of hate groups this last week, you know, as it relates to their stance on, you know, marriage between a man and a woman. And so now all of a sudden you see, okay, now we can start putting the brakes on religion and their ability to have free speech if they don't comply with what we think is correct. See, I think uh, this is not the realm, uh, to the extent that these institutions have kind of quasi-governmental power or have universal it's like everybody gets on the same page. The corporations, the government, the academic institutions, the media. It's like a web, an interlocking web. It's truly fascism in that there's this this web where everybody has to get on the same page. Um, I feel like a memo gets sent out, and they do. But, but I want to go back to another thing that Trey said earlier about, she said, why can't they just start with stopping human trafficking? And and my thought when she said that was like, actually, slavery still exists in some places from uh, I've read it repeatedly. It certainly is. I don't I don't think I'm wrong about that. I, it could be a total scam, but there are real crimes against persons and property. And yes, we have social problems. There have been injustices. These things are important and we should deal with them. But to have them as a priority of government to me, makes the problem worse because as the pendulum swings, the government controls one side then the government controls the other. First, there was uh, segregation instituted by the government and the response was to tell private property owners what they could and could not do. Uh, And then, you know, then they banned smoking in bars. You know what I mean? Like you just, you, the government will control anything you allow it to control. So if you, uh, if you, limit government to its legitimate functions, which is actually to stop 
crimes against property and persons, focus on the slavery that's still happening, focus on the kidnapping, the murder, all that kind of stuff. Until that stuff's eradicated, I think, uh, you know, it should be the top priority. And it isn't. It isn't from, you know, these are big corporations. They could help, as uh, Trey suggested. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Reading tweets after the break at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mostly to partly sunny, hot but not too humid tomorrow, high of 94. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, Finkley, do you have a tweet for me? We're getting a really uh, intense conversation. I'm happy for this. I think maybe I want to do rapid fire call taking in the next segment. Uh, Call 800-WSB-TALK. I have some lines open there. If you're on hold already, I'll get to you in the next segment. I do. Um, I have a tweet that I think kind of relates to all of this. It's from Clayton. He says two words, social Marxism. So like cultural Marxism is how I've heard that said before. I think so, yeah. The Frankfurt School. Yeah. Yeah, let me just say what that is. It's where they realized, the Marxists realized that the workers of the world were not going to unite. They weren't miserable enough to rise up, that you needed a more universal body of disgruntled people. So they started uh, emphasizing uh, identity oppression, like dignity, you know, dignity oppression. So instead of poverty being the problem, it's dignity and that that was uh, tried to co-opt everybody. And you don't you have some insight into that that you were telling me about recently? Well, there's a book called Makers of Modern Mind, which one of the chapters is about Marx and his impact being on his ability to agitate the people who were downtrodden, his protest impact that has lasted throughout the you know generations. Yeah. So th- these are propaganda ways heavy. We do yeah. a show. Our podcast is called The Propaganda Report because we recognize that the power of the propaganda that and actually the tagline for the show is that uh, reality doesn't make the news. News makes reality. I mean, that's that's actually happening right now from what I can tell. I mean, they're evoking emotions, making people upset. So let's continue this conversation. I'll go through your calls. It's going to be a robust discussion. 800-WSB-TALK. More tweets at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, I'm your Libertarian Voice. Saturdays from 3 to 6 on WSB, and we have really got a lively conversation going now, I can tell you. I just came out saying I think that the protests and anti-protests are orchestrated to get the left and the right to ask for more government control, specifically internet censorship, which I pegged as being on the agenda for whoever won in November. As soon as the Charlottesville thing happened on Saturday, I was on the air and I said, that's what I thought would come of it. And I still think that's it. I um, read earlier quotes from an article in National Review, an article in Huffington Post, both saying, uh, that 
the way to save free speech is for the government to regulate the internet and what you can say on it and what you can take down. Uh, I thought it was predictable. I I want to do some rapid fire calls. I was reprimanded earlier by a caller for not hanging up on people fast enough. I really don't want, I want to hear what you have to say, but I think we should say two minutes a call. I don't want to leave out the tweets though. Binkley, can you give me a, tw- a tweet real quick or do you think I should just go right to the calls and you tee up some? I have a tweet I can All give right, you. Go. Dean tweets that race relations are far from perfect, but they are incredibly improved. Just look back 40 or 50 years. Thank you, Dean. That's a hopeful thought. Oh, and by the way, what I think is super cheerful is the eclipse stuff. So, on Monday, from 1 to 3, we'll really get our minds off of uh, all this stuff. Uh, uh, the guys are going to do a great job, Aaron Van Hessler and the gang, um, 1 to 3 on Monday. So I'm looking forward to that. I like the upbeat stuff. Thank you, Dean. Keep it coming. At Monica Perez Show. Uh, let's just do rapid fire. I'm going to Robert in Gwinnett. Hi, Robert. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. How are you? Um, I was calling to just say, uh, you know, with all this controversy that's been going on, um, you know, I've got a lot of African-American friends and such, and when we pass by statues like this, nowhere does the thought come into their minds, I don't think, that of slavery. Um, you know, I'm not personally, I don't really care what the heck happens to the statues. I think it is funny that, um, you know, when you look at some people, they would say, oh, the American flag does not symbolize freedom, and we're allowed to burn it. But when we look at a statue, oh, now a hunk of a metal symbolizes slavery, and it's it just, to me, it's very interesting. You know, at the end of the day, you can take down the statues, you can take down that, but if you're still teaching it in textbooks and you're teaching history, the hate and the vitriol is going to continue. You can't take away the ideology behind what some people will gravitate towards. And, and ultimately, I think the, the government's ultimately the ones that kind of thrive off of this, um, you know, this dispute that, that happened and the, the, the divide in this country. It's continuing today, the racial divide. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that's the goal. I agree with you there. I do think it's the goal. Thanks so much for the call, Robert. I'm going to Lorenzo in Decatur. Hi, Lorenzo. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Lorenzo here from South Decab. Okay, I got a couple of comments I want to make basically about the statue. Uh, one thing I want to say is bring it, if the statue coming down um, and I think they're beautiful statues. I think they're works of art. If uh, um, the statues were coming alive, intimidating black people, Latino people, less people, then take them down. But they're not bothering anybody. They're beautiful works of art. And another thing I want to say that changing the, the name of streets, taking down the um, 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 statues, if it's going to better the lives of black people or Latino people or any other people, take them down but if it's not going to change these people then what's the use for taking them down if my people yeah symbolism yeah exactly but they're beautiful works of art so then what they'll do is they'll take all the statues put them in a museum then they'll charge people fifty dollars to go into the museum to see them which they could have seen them prior to that for free yeah and you know you touched on something lorenzo that uh there is so much uh, because they're beautiful statues. They're not really bothering anybody. That's where you get conflicts because if they were really damaging, obviously bad, they then there wouldn't be disagreement. It's what I coined the term: the art of ambiguity by ha- by taking something that can be looked at two ways. That's what 
creates the strife. That is what our political class now feeds off of almost exclusively. Thank you so much for the call, Lorenzo. I'm going to Scott in Atlanta. Scott, you're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, one of the big points that I want to make sure that uh, people don't uh, lose sight of is that Charlottesville, for example, was not about General Lee's statute. Um, that that is, uh, has been a big result of what happened there. And those two groups that, that clashed, uh, also as a reminder, Nazis are on the left wing of the political spectrum. They're socialists, National Workers Socialist Party. That's where Nazi came from in Germany. And this is a repeat of exactly what happened there, Nazis versus communism, or communists in, in 1930s Germany. They they, are battled, they battled it out here in Charlottesville. So that those are all left-wing political organizations there. So must be careful about saying right-wing. I'm a right-wing patriot. Oh, sorry. It's tricky. That's a tricky yeah. one. Um, I tend to think of the individualism versus collectivism. And the right of, like, Europe is totally different from the historical right of the United States. And I think that muddying the waters on that word itself is actually another goal of this whole operation. Sure. But but moving on to, to the statues, I'm, I'm a very active uh, member of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. I appreciate what Lorenzo said just a second ago. Those were very nice points. And an example of, of where there's issues being created where there were none. These these statues and monuments have been up, as you know, for a hundred or more years, and they've been quiet there. Uh, people that love the statues enjoy them. Those that don't care drive by. Nobody's bothered. But this morning on another radio station driving to an event, I heard a, a member of the NAACP compare Confederates to Adolf Hitler. And that that kind of rhetoric it doesn't do anybody any good. Hitler put people in ovens and burned them to death, or, or killed them and burned them in ovens. And to say that uh, Robert E. Lee and anybody associated with him, well, that's where we had. Then I have to draw the line. And I, 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 I guess the I would just say I'm. I, you know, if it's not obviously slavery is a taking of life. I agree with you. And Robert E. Lee even has quotes like it's not he didn't think the war was about slavery. He objected to slavery as a moral outrage. Absolutely. Thank you. He did. That's correct. And he said so repeatedly. But the bigger picture there was that slavery was a long American problem. Been around, as you know, for 200 and almost 50 years before the war started. And at the end of the day, General Lee and and people like him believed uh, as much as they wanted slavery to end. And he knew it would take time. But at the end of the day, he did not believe that the central government had the right to invade a state and to tell a state what to do. And, Mr. and Lincoln, that was a that was a historically valid position. There was the Hartford Convention. I have a book. Uh, actually, I have a review on Amazon, the Constitutional History for Secession. This is, again, the art of ambiguity. People who see it as a states' rights issue versus people who see it as defending slavery. It is extreme. If you go back to the history of the Civil War, it gets complicated. I actually just bought two books from opposite ends of the spectrum about it, and they're each like 900 pages. So <laughs> let's get back to the subject next year, and I'll give you what my ultimate opinion is. But that's the thing. Like, we could go on all day with people going back and forth. One thing you said, Scott, that I did want to emphasize, though, the Nazis versus communist thing comes like straight from the 30s in Germany. I have noticed and Binkley and I have talked about it on our podcast propaganda report that 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 it seems 
today, like the news, the events are so stylized. It's like they take stereotypes that have put imprints in our minds and they just say the word and it evokes the emotion that the entire package that that the Nazis or the communists, or the Bolsheviks or the whatever, that that entire package is in your mind ready to be fired off. And just saying the word, it has a lot of power. And that that goes to the symbolism thing. I call them ready-made stereotypes. I think that stereotype is like the kind of propaganda word for it. Binkley has, uh, I think, pointed out before. But it's important to see that where our emotions are being played upon with the use of these words, with the use of the symbols. I'm not a fan of that. I don't do it. I think it's manipulative and dishonest, but that is what's happening. Thanks so much for the call, Scott. I'm going to Marilyn in Atlanta. Marilyn, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I just wanted to say that the far left, which according to the stats I've always heard, is approximately 18 to 20 percent of, of our country. To me, it's slowly but consistently forcing everyone to line up with their agenda. So to me, that's basically entering into that dangerous form of slavery, a form of slavery, which is not about skin color, but a mindset slavery. And to me, that's also a slippery slope when you allow the alt-left to make all our decisions including accepting forms of property destruction to cultural beliefs. By staying silent, we're allowing this tilt, and we are becoming slaves to this small minority. I mentioned something earlier, the report from Iron Mountain, which was a document in the 60s, supposedly came out by the government. I don't care the origin of it. It absolutely depicts the strategy that's being put in place right now. And they actually, by name, call for a, quote, euphemized form of slavery, a way to keep people corralled. And I and since then, I've noticed we've had a slave to drugs, a slave to debt, uh, that slavery and, of course, taxes, you know, being a tax slave, that really takes away all your lifeblood. And the progressive tax brackets are a way to make sure that as soon as you have surplus, they take it away. So you can't use it for your own values. That uh, this idea of slavery is really it's the slave state it's actually i think if you if you go to the d- darkest recesses of the rabbit hole you will find uh that that the totalitarian kind of world control is about slavery and that might even fold into the population reduction because as brzezinski said Uh, It's easier to kill a million people than it is to control them. Thank you so much for the call, Marilyn. Uh, I'm going to go to Randy in Athens. Randy, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, Number one, uh, you know, this isn't the first rally that they had there uh, in in, uh, Charlottesville. Uh, What I wanted to say is America doesn't know how to protest. Uh, You look at South Korea. Uh, I have walked down the middle of Seoul when there's thousands of people and and hundreds of, of of riot gears. And it was my second day in Korea, and my buddy says, don't worry, they don't get violent. If the government doesn't uh, uh, listen to what they say, the crowds grow more and more and more, and that's how they make policy changes. They're, they, I'm not going to say they don't, there's no violence always. But when you do that, and what's happened is that we take take away from the whole point of being there, and we're talking about other stuff and not why we were there. 
What was the whole purpose? What? What? Could you imagine all walks of color watching these people walk by and just standing there, and you just laugh at them and point at them and make them feel as stupid as they look walking down the street wearing what they're wearing and not have not one violent uh, incident? Now, what kind of what kind of what kind of information would we be talking about now? We'd be talking about, my God, look at this. This is extraordinary. Yeah, you point. Your point is something that I have absolutely noticed. Uh, that, and I always bring this up, like kind of Ron Paul versus Trump media treatment. They ignored Ron Paul, and I thought they should ignore. They all week long. People have been talking about this website, the Daily Stormer. Never heard about it. It sounds stupid. The things that it said, I'm not even going to read on the air. It's disgusting. And the Huffington Post reprinted it. I'm like, why? Why would you reprint that? It's not. It's beneath you. But they get to do it. You know, it just gives so much attention to this and uh, riles people up. I think I again, I, you know, quote, blame the media. It's they're doing it on purpose. That's for sure. Thanks for the great calls. Uh, if you're on hold, I will get you. But I got to take a break. 404-872-0750 or at Monica Perez show. It is 85 outside the studio. Skies are clear. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, I've got so many calls, and I am doing rapid fire, I hope. But uh, uh, that means I have a very short break here. So I'm not going to take the calls, but if you are on hold, coming out of the break, I'm going to do more rapid fire, and I will get to every single person who's holding. So hang on. We have a very... uh, robust discussion going on binkley let's not Mm -hmm. ignore the tweets all right give me a tweet i got one from nate he says that the media falsely creates a narrative that the masses from both sides are going to riots and are outraged in reality most of us just go to work yeah i i think that's right and it's just funny because the they make it look like that that it's these people are representative of some large group of, you know, fascists and anti-fascists who are rooting from home, yeah. you know? And it's not. I, I think that this is, it does seem a bit uh, astroturf. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.